Welcome to KOAM Presents, a podcast produced by KOAM News Now and the four states' most watched news team. Neosha Memorial in Chinook welcomes another outstanding general surgeon to its surgery center. Dr. Law joins surgeons in the field of urology, orthopedics, women's health, and general surgery. Neosha Memorial in Chinook, offering the latest technology close to home. The advisors at McGavern Financial Group have been helping people invest today for a more enjoyable tomorrow since 1984. In Joplin, see Earl or Mike. In Pittsburgh, see Earl or Steve. McGavern Financial Group, invest today, enjoy tomorrow. All right, what's up, everybody? This is week nine of the KOAM Presents Pigskin Podcast, and yes, it's finally playoff time. On this week's episode, Joplin running back Quinn Renfro, what a performance last week. Eight touchdowns, we're going to talk about that, and the Eagles' playoff opener. The Gerard Trojans head into the postseason undefeated for the second straight year. Now, the Columbus Titans, have they figured it out just in time for the playoffs? Talk about that. We sit down with Quapa head coach Jay MacArthur, and the Wildcats' record-breaking quarterback, Jack Derringer. Plus, we'll get into Week 9 for the Pittsburgh State Gorillas and Missouri Southern Lions. As always, though, got a lot to get to. Can't waste any time. It's playoff week, so let's go. All right, I'm telling you, I've been waiting for the playoffs to get here. It feels like a long time. This is the best time of the year. Before we get started, I do want to shout out our sponsors here, Jock's Niche, Carnes Pro Tire, Neosho Memorial Regional Medical Center and McGavern Financial Group. I say it every week, and I mean it. Without those sponsors, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast. And, and hopefully, you know, you like what we're doing. I like what we're doing. Uh, this is one of my favorite projects that we do every week. Um, it's a little looser than TV. So uh, I like it because we don't have any time restraints. You know, I don't have to be out at a specific time. I can just say what I want, and then when I'm done, I'm done. Uh, we're going to start this thing off in Southwest Missouri. First off, shout out to the Nevada Tigers. That was the game I was at last week. Nevada on the road against undefeated Seneca. And Nevada won that thing 49-14 to to hand the Indians their first loss. Look, Nevada just played really well. They got off to a hot start. Uh, they have a bunch of big, talented, fast, tough kids. Uh, you know, I this is a team that I knew was going to be good when the season started. You know, when I looked at their schedule, I thought, I don't know if I see a loss here outside of, you know, Lamar. And I thought they would give Lamar a game. Uh, you know, so so Nevada's really good, um, despite Seneca being undefeated. You know, I, I don't – you know, I, I am surprised that they that they won that big. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, yeah, it was a good performance from Nevada. Nevada and one of my favorite uh, – and if you follow me on Twitter, then you, you probably saw this quote. But uh, Wes Beachler, the uh, – head coach for Nevada. It was such a cool moment before the game. You know, the captains and the coaches go out for the coin toss before the game, and uh, Coach Beachler for Nevada walked up to every single Seneca kid, you know, kind of, you know, they shook his hand, slapped every one of them on the helmet, and he said he said something along the lines of, guys, I really respect the way you play the game. You play the game the right way. Um, you know, I can't say that it's fun to coach against you guys, but you're a lot of fun to watch. So um, big-time respect from from the Nevada program. Uh, to that Seneca program, and of course, both of them in the playoffs, separate separate uh, brackets. So, uh, hopefully, both of them uh, play for a long time. Outside of that, probably the biggest story of the week last week: Quinn Renfro for the Joplin Eagles. Uh, this guy, it's ridiculous. It doesn't even sound right. Joplin beat Neosho sixty-eight to forty-three, and Renfro carried it sixty-three times. No, 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 thirty-six times. I'm not dyslexic. 36. I just was there for a second. <laughs> okay. Renfro carried it 36 times for 309 yards and eight touchdowns. I'm not joking. 
eight touchdowns. Here's his head coach, Curtis Jasper, on Renfro's performance. The cool thing about Quinn is, is his work ethic and uh, his uh, growing role in leadership. Um, both very uh, well-deserved as far as the work he's put into it, and he just continues to get better and better. Uh, you know, and, and it, honestly, he runs with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because, you know, he, he just feels like, you know, him himself and, and us as a team just, uh, I guess, playing for respect. All right, the regular season regular season is over for Joplin Renfro, finished with 1,313 rushing yards, 23 total touchdowns. The Eagles are 7-2 and two heading into the Class 6 District 3 playoffs, and, and it's really cool to see Renfro have the success he's had because I don't envy that guy because he's had to follow at Joplin High School Isaiah Davis and Nathan Glades, two really outstanding running backs there. And I don't even think either one of them had an eight-touchdown, which not very many people have eight-touchdown games. But I talked to Coach Jasper, and I was like, did, did, did Isaiah or, or uh, Nathan ever do that? And he's like, I think one had seven in a game, one had six in a game. But he said, I've never seen, a, seen an eight-touchdown performance. So uh, anyways, the Eagles, like I said, they're 7-2. and two. Playoffs begin this week. They're going to be hosting Ray Peck on Friday night. Now, Ray Peck, a team, as four State football fans, and, you know, as somebody who covers sports in the four-state area, I don't really know much about them, but uh, evidently this Joplin team, pretty familiar with them. They have uh, a couple high-level receivers, you know, uh, number five and number 23. Uh, one's committed to Nebraska. The other one's going to have power five offers. So, you know, obviously those two stand out. But, uh, you know, we uh, saw Ray Peck this summer. We actually, uh, the last couple years, have, have gone to their – um, summer camp, so we get to you know see them quite a bit. And, um, Coach Martin and I have, have gotten to know each other well, so there's a lot of familiarity there. All right, more on the Missouri side. Neosho hosts Willard this week in the Class Five District Six bracket. This will be the second time these two teams have met this season. You may remember the first one all the way back in Week One. Uh, no defense. Neosho won that 79 to 72, and for. Uh, for television purposes, I really hope that this week is uh, kind of the same as that because when you got a 79-72 to 72 football game, it makes getting highlights and, and doing our job very, very easy. Uh, Carthage, Webb City, Lamar, Seneca, they all have buys this week to begin the playoffs, but give you a quick look at who they will play in round two. Now, Carthage will get the winner of that Neosho-Willard game. Webb City faces the winner of Republic Parkview. Now, Class 2, District 4, the Seneca Indians have a buy there. They'll face the winner of East Newton and Hollis during the district semifinals next next week. Then Lamar, Class 2, District 5. They'll host the winner of Stockton Skyline next Friday night. On the Kansas side, the Pittsburgh Purple Dragons. They're getting hot at the right time, man. They host Casey Washington in the first round of the 5A bracket on Friday night. Now, Pittsburgh's a team that's definitely gotten better throughout the season, definitely gotten a little tougher since week one. they got some players back. Um, it's obviously they have a first-year head coach, and Josh Latimer there. They head into the playoffs having won five of their last six games, so they definitely head into the playoffs with a little momentum. Now in Class 3A in Kansas, got a bunch of good local teams in that bracket, but the game I am going to be at this week is Parsons at Girard. Uh, Parsons started the season 5-0, and but they've hit a little bit of a rough patch. They've lost three straight, but no doubt, I, I don't even... They have, they have so many good players on that team, I, I don't even 
I honestly, I don't even care. They still feels like a dangerous group in Parsons. Uh, they're five and three going into the playoffs. As for Gerard, this is the second straight season they head into the playoffs undefeated. Uh, they went eight and zero in the regular season. Been playing good football all year. Coach Phil Pot, I feel like, and I've said this on the podcast before, really done a great job all season of keeping the team's focus on the next game and not all the outside noise that that comes along with you know trying to finish off an undefeated season and trying to earn a district championship. And then you got guys like me that want to sit here and talk about them every week and how they're so good and how they're undefeated and how I like all their players and uh, yada yada yada. Anyways. Phil Pot there done a great job. Uh, you know, obviously it helps when you have a, <laughs> a bunch of talented, good football players. But uh, coming off an undefeated season, undefeated regular season last year, and winning a district and regional title, it's got to be easy to look ahead. And that's something I feel like uh, Gerard hasn't really done this season. Uh, the regular season over though for Gerard. Now it's winter go home. Here's Coach Phil Pot on how the playoffs are different from the regular season and what he sees out of a talented Parsons team. The attention to detail has to go up, but we kind of talk about that each week, week in, week out. Um, how can we get better? And um, you know, don't worry so much about who you're playing, but how we're playing. And um, hopefully, good things will take care of themselves. But you know, you you, you got to understand who we're playing, and and you know, do the scouting reports and all that as well too. But um, you know, we we got to continue to to build on what we've been doing all year. Their quarterback can be very dangerous. Uh, their running back. Is there? It can be. He gets downhill, and he can hurt you. Uh, they do a nice job of um, with some schemes that they can put you in some conflict, and then uh, you know if he gets going, it's, it can be a long night for you. All right, I'll be at that one. I can't wait. I, I really do. I love watching both of these teams play. There's uh, you know so many good players on both sides of the ball, and I've I've said it before. Like I get to pick where I go, so. I like to watch good players and good teams, so uh, I'm excited to uh, to watch that one. Now, another CNC team, the Columbus Titans. Listen, uh, they were the they were the first guests on this podcast, the first ever guest on the KOM Presents Pigskin Podcast, and it was for good reason. Uh, good players. I expected them to be really good this season, and plus they're not afraid to like – say what's on their mind, which is one of my favorite qualities in, in, in people that I interview because this in sports you don't get a ton of that everywhere. But they're pretty honest with me and that and that's that's great. Even <laughs> even when the, you know, uh even when it may give the other team a little bulletin board material, but that you know, what what do I care? You know, I, I'm trying to make good T V and they're always good T V for me. Uh anyways, Columbus was one and five in their first six games and I was like, what? There are too many good players on this team to be one and five. I still believe that. I, I don't. I don't have an explanation for that. I still really like this team, uh, but they they did win back to back games to close out the regular season. They beat Baxter Springs and they beat Parsons last week, a Vikings team that was five and two going into that one. Now here's here's the team. Here's Columbus on that win, and uh, some of the changes that led to a big night. We did have to move some bodies around. Uh, you know, it's number eight. Landon Midget was in the backfield last week. Ran very hard. Really set the tone for us on offense. Brett Hamilton did a really good job carrying the ball too. But our offensive line really just played physical up front for four quarters, and that's what we've been missing. It was our best performance of the season. We've been kind of waiting to see this group take that step. Um, you know, our three pillars are you know locked in family and sacrifice. And uh, you know, you don't have to be blood to be family, and that's what we've been preaching to these kids. And I think they finally. You know, dialed that in. They played four quarters of team football. We obviously ran the ball a ton. We uh, we decided, you know what? Let's get our mojo back. Let's just let's run the ball down somebody's throat. And 
that's what we did, and we dominated on us that, that game, whole game and gave us a lot of confidence, and I think we're getting things rolling at the right time. All right, that was Columbus head coach Blake Burns and quarterback Brett Hamilton. Columbus heads into uh, the playoffs. They'll face Burlington this week in the first round of the 3A playoffs. Now, um, you know, some of these interviews that I do for this podcast are on the phone, uh, which you can probably tell when you're listening to this podcast. Some of them sound like they're on the phone. Some like they sound like I did them in person with my camera and my microphone. This is one that I did at Columbus because um, we did a little bit with them for TV this week as well. Uh, so uh, I did it with my camera and my microphone. But when I was there visiting Hamilton, uh, also talked about this senior group and wanting to make sure they extended their season and, uh, you know, kind of got to keep playing together a- as long as possible. And here he is on that. We got a little bit of a taste of it last week, knowing that it was our last game ever here in Columbus at Cecil Klein. And, you know, seniors that hit hard for us. And uh, it kind of just gave us a little taste of every single game going forward. I told our guys, like, every game after this, this is potentially our last game. And we got to play like it is. And I told my guys I'm going to die on the field for them, and I expect the same from them. I really don't even, couldn't even tell you where Burlington's at. I mean, I've heard it's a, it's a nice little town, but heard they got tough kids, and, you know, they played one of our opponents, Gerard, and it seems like Gerard handled them pretty well. So we're going into it with confidence. We're, we just want to go handle business and, you know, win in advance. All right, Burlington is five and three going into this one. Columbus, uh, you know, three and five. I'm just, I'm gonna say it. I, I would not want to see this Columbus team in the playoffs. Not a, not at all. Burlington doesn't play the schedule. I don't even feel like they play anywhere close to the schedule that that uh, Columbus plays. So you know, and I, I know it's easy to say like I'm going with the local team as opposed to the team that's out of our coverage area, which I guess that's true. <laughs> but uh, seriously though. I, 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 all season, I don't care. They were one and five at one point, and I was like, they're too good to, to be one and five. I, I'm riding with the guys in Columbus here. I don't care about the record, and I promise it's not my Yates Center bias um, showing here against Burlington as, as old rivals. It's just that, uh, you know, I like these guys in Columbus, and I know that, the, you know, there's some really good players over there. And also, I'm not going to lie, I want to see Galena Columbus next week. Uh, for a regional championship so so there I want that too so what sue me all right listen I've said this before in in Oklahoma Quapaw has been one of my favorite teams to watch this season they're seven and one their quarterback's breaking records he broke a record a few weeks ago broke his own record last week Um, the people in Quapaw are so nice every time I show up you know I've talked about them on this podcast multiple times on TV every Friday night Uh, their head coach Jay MacArthur and senior quarterback Jack Derringer going to join us right after this rough country is at Carnes pro tire compliment your truck or jeep with a new rough country lift kit or protect your truck with a retractable or tri-fold bed cover only at Carnes pro tire and auto center just south of baxter springs did you know that jock stitch sporting goods can provide your team with fully custom uniforms with over 35 years of experience, the experts at Jockstitch can set your team up with the best-looking uniforms and apparel at the most competitive price possible. Specializing in discounts for your school, booster club, coaching staff, club teams, or business, you won't find a better solution. See how Jockstitch can help your team at the corner of 6th and Broadway in downtown Pittsburgh or online at jockstitch.com. All right, we're joined now by Quapaw head coach Jay MacArthur and his quarterback, senior Jack Derringer. Love watching this team play. I've said it before. Uh, Guys, I appreciate you being here. Uh, The first question, I've wanted to ask you guys this since the beginning of the season. Who runs the Quapaw football Twitter account? 
That would be one of our parents. It's awesome. I wish every school took notes from like that account because you know they like every game day it says like good morning Quapaw fans or good morning everybody except catch them yeah. uh, and, and I love it. I had, I had a parent that had some experience in that. Then not going to divorce who, but we had a thing. He goes, do you mind? I said, less I got to mess with. So no. yeah, we had we 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 were fortunate enough to have somebody that had a little something to do with that so that's helped us out i love it and, and you post the rosters on game day for you guys and the other team like i'm telling you other schools should pay attention to how that page <laughs> is ran because it helps us out uh you know it helps us out tremendously you know we don't have to get rosters there we don't have to uh you know search around for them but first off uh coach you guys seven and one two games left in the regular season obviously been good what's worked so well for you guys has any been any aspect of your team that's that's kind of surprised you uh, so far this season I don't know that it would say surprised. I would say that each week we're trying to get better at what we did off of what last year we did. You know, you go through a season where you have injuries, and, you know, I think we wound up playing like six or seven guys at quarterback after Jack got injured. And we kind of built on that. But through that process, we had a lot of other guys step up that made us realize they can be a part of our success. So when we came into this year, we moved some things around. So it's been success. Um, we got guys that can't get on the field right now that are good enough to get on the field on the offensive side of the ball, without a doubt. Um, we've just been real fortunate with what we've had. The biggest thing is there's nothing that's really surprised me. Um, injuries has taken away from our running game a little bit. We're you know kind of go. We're finally getting our starting running back back off of injury. But the two that have been filling in for the most year have done just a dynamite job of giving us what we needed. So I wouldn't say anything has really surprised us. It's more of just hopefully trying to hone our defense in these last three weeks. All right, Jack. Let me, I got these stats here. I got a bunch of I got a bunch of numbers, which you probably know. Three seventy three four touchdowns last week, single game record. Twenty one hundred seventy three pass yards this season, single season record. Twenty six touchdown passes. Still got two seasons to go. Um, why has this year been such such a breakout year for you? You know, uh, our receiving core, man, they are <clears throat> very good, very, very good. <clears throat> we uh, have a receiver named Seth Johnson, absolute stud. Every time the kid gets the ball, you know, it's going to go for six. Uh, on the other side, we have Dane Stand, absolute stud. He uh, just a just a junior, so you're going to see him for a while. But, uh, you know, if they do double cover uh, Seth, Zane's on the back, and it's probably going to go for six as well. <laughs> so I'm very, very blessed with receivers, and our offensive line's been fantastic these last couple games. So I'm just very, very thankful for the guys I have around me. Coach, all the names he said, plus, you know, like Forbes, you know, we've heard all these names on the highlights every Friday night. When you went into the season, did you know, like, you had all these offensive weapons? Do you know you, you had a chance to be pretty explosive? Well, when you're bringing back – when you're bringing back the twins, Peyton and Deacon Schaap, they both started at receiver last year. Seth started at receiver last year. Zane started half of the year at receiver right last year. Uh, Forbus has been a is a, been a great surprise. We lost our starting running back from last mm -hmm. year. The running back that had taken uh, broke his collarbone in preseason practices, and we said, "Here you go." And then we had a two-headed monster with him and another kid, and he breaks his ankle in practice the week mm -hmm. later. And he's kind of taken on. We moved one of our defensive ends and a receiver that we have. Stetson has stepped in and kind of been that backup when Kyle, because he's playing both ways. So 
Uh, Will's coming back. Will Miller is the one. He got in some games last week coming off of his shoulder surgery. So we've kind of worked it away that things have worked out that now we've got a really good depth at the running back. And, you know, there's names that aren't being set on the offensive receiver side that could Stetson started at receiver last year. Now he's playing running back. Uh, Colton Neal's played a lot of receiver last year. Jackson Myrick could step in there and do anything the other four could do. So we're blessed with a lot of depth. If somebody gets injured or necked up or tired, we've got people to replace him. So that's, it's nice having depth. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, not, you know, is not a very big school. It's, it's not very often you hear a coach saying, you know, we got guys back there that, that should be playing or could be playing or could be, uh, you know, could be making plays. Uh, Jack, 823 yards, 11 touchdowns have gone to Zane. Talk about the chemistry there. You know, what, what makes him such a, like a trusted target for you? What do you see when you're out there? You know, uh, they tend to cover Seth, double cover Seth, because he's an absolute stud. I've seen. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah, absolute <laughs> stud. So, uh, you know, you just go to your next guy in line, and that is Zane. Zane is like the energizer bunny. You know, he's good at everything he does. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. You know, he's just uh, – Man, you throw it up, he'll catch it. And if it's a five-yard out route, it's going to go for 80 yards for a touchdown. So, you know, I'm just so thankful to have him on my offense, you know. Coach, I want to ask you about a player on – we've talked a lot about offense. I want to ask you about a player on defense, and, and he's a young guy, Caden uh, Porter. Uh, I When I come out there, he's always got energy, man. And, he, and he's just a sophomore, and it seems like he's, you know, already kind of, you know, a leader on that defense. I don't know what the number is. 91 tackles, top 15 in the state right now. Um, I guess to talk about him, he's a young guy, and he's already seems like he's, you know, stepping up well, to be he, a leader. He started last year as a freshman, so, you know, he's – Got a lot of games under his belt. He's still young. He's still learning. Mm -hmm. um, he does. He carries a lot of energy with him. You know, there's a lot of things that he does well. There's a lot of things we got to rein him back on and do some of the things of that. But, you know, he, he, he does his job when it is. The coaches tell him what to do. You know, it, it's, you know it, it can be fun to watch when he's focused up. He always has the energy out there. Uh, Jack, if you don't mind asking, you got offers to play. And do you have offers to play in college yes, at, at this point? Um Whatever it is, you should you should have more. But you know, when when you're making that decision, you're weighing, weighing that decision, and obviously you're having a good senior season. Like, what are you looking for in a program? Like, like what do you want? What's important to you? You know, when when you're thinking about making that next step. You know, uh, education, uh, for sure. You know, I really am focusing on my education going into the the next level. And uh, you know, I have a good a couple of really nice offers. Uh, St. John's University. Uh, I've been talking to Drake University quite a bit, but. Uh, you know, I'm just looking for the educational aspect and getting my degree and moving on after football, you know. Setting yourself up for, for after football? Absolutely. That's a good answer. And I've, I don't know if you guys have listened to this podcast. Uh, I know some of the guys on the on the team have. I've gotten messages from, from a couple of other players of things that I've said. Um, but I've said here, the people in Quapaw, like it's one of like the nicest – places that I like the people are so nice like I told the story about the lady that was yelling at me or waving at me from the stands the other day when I was just walking across the field and I was like are you waving at me and and she was and I guess it was like Seth's grandma it was Seth's it was grandma, Seth grandma or something Seth's like grandma. that yeah because he messaged me and he said that lady that was waving that was my that was my grandma but uh my question for both of you uh Jack I'll start with you is what the you know what's the best part of playing in Quapaw playing in front of that community support man the vibe yeah, the vibe is amazing. We have the best people in Quapaw. I truly believe that. You know, uh, they pack the stands every Friday night, and uh, they're always screaming. They're always loud, and they're just the nicest people. You know, I transferred from Baxter, and 
they would do anything for you. And I'm just so thankful to be a part of this community. Absolutely. I'm just up and down the sideline, and there's, you know, the parents sitting down the, the fence line there on, you know, outside, I don't know what it is, the outside the 20s or whatever. Yeah, and even, no, even the ones, yeah, even them, yeah, but even the even the parents on the outside uh, are so nice. Coach, kind of the same question, you know, every coach loves a supportive fan base, and that's something you obviously uh, love to have. Um, how much has it meant to you this season, you know, to, to see the people come out and be supportive of your program? Well, you know, I came in, this is my second season at Quapaw, and I was fortunate enough to come in last year with this group, and you know, this community has accepted myself, my wife, my family. Um, they support you. They encourage you. Um, everybody's going to have their, their say on what they think or this and that. But they, they really have got behind these kids. Um, I think we've got a great group of kids, a great group of parents, and a great community. And it's just kind of built on it. And everybody knows when you find success in something – it grows and it's all due to the kids and my assistant coaches. I got lucky. I came in at the right time and you know, the kids have built on it. The parents have forced, have come in behind them. And you know, when you can get that community, I mean, it shuts down Quapaw on a Friday night when we're at home. <laughs> it, it's, it's glorious to see. You barely see people driving on the highways and you from the field, they're all there parked around all the way, you know, with trucks and flatbeds and chairs and in the stands and you know we're a small community we're a class a school i've got 41 kids on my roster you know most class a schools are you know lucky to find 25 and so you know everybody asks about our student section our student section is already in football softball (laughs) and band so but in the last three or four weeks we've really had a great coming from the students Mm -hmm. And coming out and now getting a student section together. So it's all on them. I'm, I'm just lucky to be a part of it. And I've always been a part of small towns. And this has been one of the greatest ones I've been at. Yeah, I, I've said it on this podcast before. I, I love coming out there. You know, it's a fun team to watch. It's, it's a fun community. And the only, the only problem I have is there's, it's hard to find a place to uh, park. Yeah. And so... You know, I resort to parking illegally, and luckily, I've I've been able to uh, been able to uh, get away with it so far because I can never stay like the whole game. I can never stay all, all night. But uh, coach, last question I have for you guys: Obviously, you know, you're seven and one through eight games. You got two to go. Um, you can be satisfied with that, but I'm sure you guys aren't satisfied with you know winning some games early in the season. You want to you want to go on and do things in the playoffs. How do you make sure your team uh, doesn't get complacent with where they at where they're at? what they've done, and, uh, you know, go take care of business these last two and into the playoffs. Well, after, you know, you go, and then Jack can tell you this, and I'll tell you that after each single game win we do, what's the one thing I say? 0-0. 0-0. Coach Manning has said that, and we do it. And the next game is the most important game. It doesn't matter who we're playing. The next game is the most important game. Can't look to the next game. Can't look at the past games. So the minute that we finish that game, the next game is the most important game. So Wyandotte's our most important game of the season. Once we take care of that business, if we're fortunate enough to come out on the winning side of that one, then we'll look to the next week and we do that. And we hope to carry that mentality with our kids in each game that that game is the most important. We can't look too far ahead because if you look too far ahead, you lose focus on what the job needs to be done at that point. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where we're doing. We go, we're zero zero, and that's the next most important game. How the guys responded, you know, with, with that mentality through the season, Jack, is that something that as a player has been easy for you? Or I, I guess, has it simplified it for you? You know, make it easier for you guys to think about, you know, what you need to do. I, you know, coaches say all the time, 
Tuesday, we want to have a good Tuesday. Wednesday, we have a good Wednesday. Absolutely. Does it make it easy for you guys? Absolutely. You know, uh, you go in Monday and you focus on Friday. You know, you don't care about what happened last week. You don't care about the week after next. It's let's focus on this game. Let's win this game. Move on to the next week. So our coaches, we have a fantastic coaching staff. You know, I'm so thankful to be uh, put in that position with just such a great coaching staff. Our defense coordinator, Coach Mack, uh, Coach, Coach Manning, Manning, just Coach Mikey. We have two young guys play college football, uh, Coach Miles and Chayton. We're just oh, so – our, our team is just so blessed to have a fantastic coaching staff. All right, guys, if you're a Quapaw fan, go check these guys out on Friday, which – I don't need you. Don't need me to tell you. You're already showing up. Like I said, like we've talked about, you're already showing up for this team. But the I got Wyandotte seven o'clock on Friday night. Uh, go support them, guys. I appreciate you coming out and I appreciate your time. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right, really though, that team is is so much fun to watch. And and again, like I like I said earlier, um, you know about that like Neosho Willard game. Quapa's pretty good for television, man. Uh, Jack Derringer, that, that that guy, he he throws it around the field. He got a bunch of receivers. That I mean, seriously, it's just like get the ball in their hands, and and sometimes I get caught forgetting that I'm like supposed to be running my camera, and I'm like, you know, turn into a fan watching. I mean, they got some slick receivers out there. Okay, all right, college game now. Missouri Southern on the road against Missouri Western this week. Southern has lost back to back games, twenty to seventeen to Central Missouri, and twenty four twenty one to Emporia State. Now that's an Emporia State team that's six and two got votes in the national poll last week, and. Something that I've talked I, – I talk about this with a lot of people. Jalen Banks is one of our reporters here. He used to play quarterback for Missouri Southern, and he and I talk about this all the time. Like, the, the, the margin for error in the MIAA is, like, pretty non-existent. <laughs> like, every week, like, the margin of error is so thin. Like, the wind seriously may have cost Missouri Southern that game last week. Like, it could be the wind or, like, a punt, an interception, or, you know, just – Boom, you lose because of something small. And I just don't feel like fans really understand. You know, you see, you look at the standings and you're like, oh, that's a two and whatever, two and five team or whatever whatever it is. They're at the bottom of the league. Like, there, there are too many good players in this league. There are too many good teams, too many good coaches in this league to to think that you don't have to be good on Saturday to, to win a football game. And that's, you know, if you pay attention to – you know, the MIAA, maybe outside of your favorite teams and kind of look around the league at what happens every week, then, I mean, you you would understand. I mean, the Missouri Southern's last two losses are by six total points the last two weeks. And, you know, that last week, I mean, a fourth-quarter touchdown from Emporia State was the, was the difference after a Southern punt kind of got caught up in the wind. Like, that's literally the difference in that game. I mean, if, if Southern wins that game and they win the game before – we're sitting here talking about like six and two Missouri Southern, and you know things look a lot different. <laughs> I mean, if I'm sitting here and Missouri Southern is is six and two, like I, I probably start with that on this podcast. That's I mean that's the great story. But again, that's just the the margin for error in the MIAA is like I don't think people understand it, which is um, you know why I hope like Pittsburgh State fans right now understand. Like what that team is doing, eight and zero in the first eight weeks of the season. Like they were down to Western last week. Like they've been down to other teams, and they found a way to win. Like to me, 
that's more impressive than like blowing teams. Like when you don't have your best stuff, when you don't have like your knockout punch and you still find a way to grind it out, like that's impressive. So like we talk about the margin of error, you know, like I said, Western team that Southern's playing this week, they, they were, they gave Pitt State a game. They, they were up, they were up at halftime, but you know, the Gorillas won that thing 28, 16. Uh, They really got going in that third quarter. Uh, They got Pittsburgh State got three touchdowns in the third. That kind of put the game away. Running back Caleb Lewis had a 100-yard rushing game. P.J. Sarwinski, uh, Galena Kid, had a team-high 13 tackles. And Chad Dotson, Jr., quarterback, threw for three touchdowns. Uh, I like watching that kid throw the ball. I really do. Uh, Pittsburgh State has played eight games. They're 8-0. Dotson threw three touchdowns last week. He's thrown for three or more touchdowns in five of the eight games this season. I think he's second in the league in touchdown passes, which it seems impossible to to know that somebody is thrown for more than that. He's you know, again eight games in five of them. Chad Dotson Jr. has thrown three or more touchdown passes. One of his touchdown passes last week went to Colby Katz. a sixty-six yarder. I mean, did I tell you? Or did I tell you? Kid's gonna be a problem. Uh, in a gorilla uniform for a long time. He's just a redshirt freshman. Big-time kick return threat. Also leads the MIAA right now with 29 yards per reception. Big play threat anytime he touches the ball. He's fast. He can get behind the defense. He can catch it, make people miss, find his way to the end zone. It's a guy that just makes things happen uh, when the ball is in his hands. I've said it. Pittsburgh State 8-0. They're on the road against Central Oklahoma. Hey, UCO is 5-3. This is a tough game for Pittsburgh State. Uh, this is a UCO team that's beat Northwest already. They beat Emporia State. Um, they did get whacked by Washburn last week, uh, you know, but still, they're a team that can beat anybody in this league. That one will start at 2 p.m. at UCO, so the Gorillas on the road. All right, don't forget to watch our football shows on Friday night. we got Four State Friday night on KOAM at 10. Of course, Second half of the KOM news at 10 on Friday night is just all football. I think it starts like 10-15, 10-20. I don't really check the time. I think the promo says 10-20. I just go out there when I'm supposed to go out there and talk about football. Uh, and then please don't forget 11 o'clock, Press Box on Fox 14. Uh, that's a 30-minute show. It's all football. If you're listening to this podcast, there's no reason why you shouldn't be watching it. Look, Danny and I go out there, and it's a fun show every Friday night at 11 because we, you know, we put a lot of work into that show as th- throughout the week, and then it seems like it goes by like, like that on Friday nights because it really does. But anyways, press box on Fox 14 at 11 o'clock on Friday night. We go 11 o'clock this Friday, and then 11 o'clock next Friday night, uh, and then you know that's the end of the press box season. Uh, but I do want to give our sponsors one more quick shout out: Jocks Niche, Carnes Pro Tire, Neosho Memorial Regional Medical Center, and McGavern Financial Group. Uh, appreciate the support from them. Uh, you guys. The fans, people listening to this podcast. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening to this all season long. Go back and listen to old episodes if you've had uh, you know, one of your teams on here. We've talked about your teams. Go support those teams on Friday night. Go support the local college teams on Saturday. Then, of course, get home and turn on the TV and watch us talk about it on TV that night. All right, that's it. We'll see you next week. We're done. Neosha Memorial in Chinute welcomes another outstanding general surgeon to its surgery center. Dr. Law joins surgeons in the field of urology, orthopedics, women's health, and general surgery. Neosha Memorial in Chinute, offering the latest technology close to home. The advisors at McGavern Financial Group have been helping people invest today for a more enjoyable tomorrow since 1984. In Joplin, see Earl or Mike. In Pittsburgh, see Earl or Steve. McGavern Financial Group, invest today 
Enjoy tomorrow. Thank you for listening to KOAM Presents. For the latest content in local news, weather, and sports, please go to koamnewsnow.com.